Hi, I'm Gar Sanders. I'm Jamie Wincup. I'm Lee Holdsworth. I'm James Courtney. We're the Forex Angels, and you're listening to the VA Insiders. It's your weekly dose of V8 news on the V8 Insiders. Now here's your host, Craig Revell. This week we look back at the bashing crash of Barbagello. That's massive. Oh, and the slot on the grid. He was stalled on the grid. And Charles Boomy trying to get out of this car quickly. Yeah, it was a big accident. Everyone I've spoken to said it's one of the biggest they've ever seen. And Nothing I could do except stand hard, hard drive. It's all coming up today as the red lights go out on another edition of the V8 Insiders. Take in the V8 to the races. You watch the action on TV. Now, read about them in V8X Magazine. V8X Magazine, dedicated to just one thing, V8 supercars. Showcasing some of today's best writers and award-winning photographers. V8X brings you all the news and in-depth interviews demanded by today's V8 supercar fans in one action-packed magazine. V8X, the number one magazine in V8 supercar coverage. Out now. This news update is brought to you by V8X Magazine. Log on to the official V8X Magazine Facebook page for your chance to win some great prizes. Carl Reidler has talked about the start line crash which saw his car explode when crashed into from behind. Stuck in the car for a little while, it seemed like an absolute eternity while I was waiting to get out the... um the seat itself had melted to my suit. The suit had melted to the seat belt. I couldn't get the belt undone. I eventually got out, but it, it just seemed like such a long time before I was out of the car. Steve Owen, left with nowhere to go, found himself covered in flames. Un- unavoidable. By the time I realised what was going on, it was um, I was sitting in his back seat. The car was great. The safety equipment we wear was fantastic, and I can't say enough about the marshals because. When I went to get out, there was fire on the right. I couldn't get out there. Tried to get the passenger door, there was fire there, and they managed to go and put it all out. And, and the crew as well, I have to thank a few blokes from, from the other teams. They jumped the pit wall with their own fire extinguishers and put the fire out. So, you know, it was, um, it was good work by them, you know. Dave Reynolds managed to miss the big one, driving out of the way at the very last second. Uh, yeah, very, very quick reaction time for myself. Jason Bright, Reindler's co-owner and teammate, talked about the official's response, which has become an issue to many in pit lane. Sponsored the the fire crew probably wasn't quite, you know, what I would hope for, and you know, fortunately, some mechanics were there, you know, that jumped the wall and and um, and were you know to his rescue quicker but you know that, that was a very scary situation you know thankfully he's okay jamie winkup with two race wins looks even larger in the series lead with two wins from three starts fantastic weekend coming off a a, a bit of a disaster at um, new zealand cup three weeks ago we all uh, we all got together give ourselves a bit of a kick up the bum and come out uh, and went really strong and so many different winners in this year's series who is wink up looking over his shoulder at as his biggest opponent no idea it's only early days but i'm hoping it's my teammate lounsey jason bright watched his teammate's car get scraped off the track and then went on to win the first race ever for brad jones racing it was a long time since bright and his engineer phil Keane had taken a win together and bright was happy to show his emotions with the champagne in victory lane yeah, thanks mate i mean he uh he deserved it you know he's, he's um you know we worked pretty hard this year you know i thought that we were 
we came into this year with everything we needed, and um, you know we, we probably you know we, we came out of the box pretty good at Abu Dhabi, struggled at um, Adelaide and Hamilton for for different reasons, and I, and I think that we've found what the problem was there. So to the main game points now, and Jamie Wincup on nine hundred and forty six points, Craig Lowndes on eight hundred and four, Garth Tander working his way up in seven hundred and thirty seven points, Shane Van Gisbergen seven hundred and thirty, Will Davison seven hundred and fourteen, Rick Kelly seven hundred and thirteen, dropping down four positions after a disastrous Barbagello. Jason Bright's on 674, Alex Davison on triple six, Mark Winterbottom on 665, and Stephen Johnson wraps out the top 10 on 639 points. Well, while his teammate Will Davison got his first podium in over a year at his sponsor's event, Frosty Winterbottom was extremely disappointed with the Orcons Falcons' performance. Uh, yeah, I wouldn't um, put the hopes of Ford on that weekend. That was, that was terrible, so um, we'll go back and work on the work on the car and we've got a test day next week um next tuesday i think so very important test day and um yeah the car and on the soft tires was was really average Winterbottom thinks his soft tire problems are track related not related to the car in general it's you know once you're in the corner for a long time and and you lose the rear it exaggerates on the exit but um hamilton and race one i had probably the quickest car in the dry on select tyres um, so you know, it's not doom and gloom I think um, I think these air, these tracks highlighted a bit but a lot of people were struggling, it wasn't just us but then you look at guys like um, Friday, Winkup, uh, Barguana you know, they weren't struggling so it was possible to do it um, we just need to find out how to and make sure we don't do that again Garth Tander managed to consistently build on his results across the weekend It's great to get a podium in the third race here and um you know, the car wasn't particularly great on the hard tyre, but it was very good on the soft tyre, and we tuned it for the second Sunday race on the soft tyre where it, um, it looked after its tyres very well. So, um, yeah, we went forwards all weekend, and uh, it was great to get a result. As I mentioned, Jack Daniels Racing had a disappointing weekend after the highs of Hamilton. Um, it was tough on the championship for us this weekend with those results. Um, however, I think it's still wide open, and we're still quite quite excited about the opportunity we've got, particularly leaving here in Perth and heading to Winton, which is our home track. Drivers post-race were extremely upset not being allowed to do burnouts after the race. It seems all three drivers, Bright, Tander and Wing Cup, were reprimanded for celebrating their results. V8 Supercars have now quickly clarified the position, stating that winning drivers will be allowed to perform burnouts in specified locations on the track. To the Fujitsu Series, and Andrew Thompson wrapped up a perfect clean sweep with the Triple Eight driver taking out the weekend. David Russell, who'll join us next week on the show, bounced back after a tough clipsal to finish second. And youngster Scott McLaughlin has finished in third. So the points after two rounds sees Thompson on 507 points, McLaughlin on 492 points, Jack Perkins on 429 points, David Russell on 414, and David Jensen in 402 points. One incident that dominated the weekend was the bash and crash between Walkinshaw racing driver Nick Perkett and Paul Morris. That was good racing. Yeah. Looked all right to me. We look at the details in this week's White Flag Lab.
Don't forget the latest edition of V8X magazine with the brand new Enforcer, Garth Tander, on the cover, is out on sale now. And that's the news on the V8 Insiders. After the break, James Moffat continues to take us on his journey through his rookie year. News on the V8 Insiders is brought to you by the official V8X magazine Facebook page. Sign up and keep in touch with V8 Supercars. You've taken the V8 to the races. you watch the action on TV. Now, read about them in V8X Magazine. V8X Magazine, dedicated to just one thing, V8 Supercars. Showcasing some of today's best writers and award-winning photographers, V8X brings you all the news and in-depth interviews demanded by today's V8 Supercar fans in one action-packed magazine. V8X, the number one magazine in V8 Supercar coverage. Out now. The views expressed on V8 Insiders, including the panellists and guests, do not reflect those of the network, Thunder Media, sportradio.com.au or V8X Magazine. Any publication or rebroadcast of the show without the expressed written permission of Thunder Media is strictly prohibited. Hi, I'm Lee Holdsworth. You're listening to V8 Insiders. James Moffat joins us on the line to talk about his rookie year once again. And James, uh, after the, uh, well, the run at Perth, how are you settling into uh, this whole V8 thing. You qualified up the, towards the front of the grid and you certainly had the elbows out right throughout the weekend. Yeah, look, Perth was uh, probably a bit of an up-and-down weekend for us. We showed uh, very good speed in qualifying for both days, um, with the exception probably of, of the second fastest lap time rule for your, your determining your starting position for the third and final race. But um, you know, ninth in qualifying on Saturday was, was a great result for us to, to be in the top ten and especially around a circuit where, uh, you know, tens of seconds meant, you know, the difference between uh, five to ten grid spots uh, on the grid. So, and then even on Sunday qualifying for the first race, we finished 12th, so, um, or ended up 12th. So it was a uh, it was a good weekend in terms of probably our speed, but uh, the races probably didn't go our way. I stalled off the grid in the first race and virtually went back to last. It was sort of able to find my way back to 18th, which, uh, considering... You know, where I was at turn one, you know, going into turn one at the back of the field wasn't a bad result, but uh, a bit frustrating. And uh, look, you know, a few people have said to me over the weekend that, yeah, we did get the elbows out, and that was probably more a matter of just uh, you know, showing it or showing to a few people that I'm not going to uh, not going to sit back and, and, and be uh, pushed around. I guess if we can talk about the stall on the grid for a moment. When you look back and see what happened on Sunday when Carl stalled, you realise just uh, how critical the whole thing is. And you probably know yourself how restricted it is to see anyone who has stalled. Yeah, it's, you know, it's, um, it's one of those deals on, on Saturday after the race, everybody was coming up to me and saying, oh, you, you owe Russell Ingle a beer. And I, I was a bit confused because uh, Russell and I had a bit of a stash on the track and he, he gave me a bit of a... I serve up down the front straight, and I, I was a bit confused why everybody was telling me, you know, I need to buy him a beer, but, um, or more importantly, a Jim Beam. And, um, you know, he was actually very close to hitting the back of my car uh, while I was sitting there on the grid. So, obviously, the events of, of Saturday with Carl and, and Steve Owen makes that all a bit more surreal. And, you know, I was very lucky to, to get away with, uh, obviously, no contact and no damage at all. But, um, Probably the underlying point in, in all that is it, it just shows how difficult these cars are to get off the line, and it's a very fine line between getting uh, you know a blinding, blinding good start or, or a very bad start, you know, in, in, 
our case, or my case, Joe Storley on the grid, and obviously that was the same for, for Carl on Sunday, and we saw what happened with, with them, which, uh, you know, is a terrifying incident. Not something that um, you want to see happen, and we're just, I guess we're just lucky as a sport that everybody um, everybody walked out of that safe, you know, with the exception of, of Carl getting a few, few burns on his hands. So uh, hopefully he's on the grid for a winter. At what point? Are you able to really show that aggression that you showed right throughout your other racing career in this series? Do you think you do have to keep your head in for a couple of races before you can go elbows out? Oh, well, you know, it, it is funny that you know people said, oh, you sort of had the elbows out, but at the end of the day, I just thought I was racing for, for, for my position as, as hard as anybody else races out there. So uh, that's really what it comes down to. And, um, yeah, I'm probably sure at the start of the year there were a few guys that were trying to push me around and, um, I guess at this stage in the year, I've just sort of probably, you know, I, I don't think, I just try and race people the way I want to be raced. And, uh, you know, I think we sort of did everything pretty fairly on the weekend. There was a bit of an incident with Dumbrell, which was, um, you know, it got looked at by the stewards, but they considered it a, a, a racing incident. And, you know, that was, I guess, my point of view on the incident as well. We, we made wheel-to-wheel contact, which unfortunately ripped the wheel out of my hand, which probably meant that um, PD had nowhere to go but into the into the sand. So uh, you never want to have contact uh, or you know with, with people, but unfortunately that sometimes is a part of our sport. And uh, generally the fans sort of seem to seem to like it. So uh, we'll, we'll definitely press on. We were uh, we we're racing hard, and uh, we had a few good battles over the weekend. So uh, I'm sure it won't be the last. Well, a track that needs some aggression and needs to have the elbows out is Winton. What's your thoughts going into that race? Well, virtually, uh, you know, it's almost a home track to me. I've done, uh, the last two years, racing the development series. That's been my test track. And um, before that, you know, racing Formula Ford and Carrera Cup uh, for the Victorian-based team, we did a lot of uh, a lot of testing up at Winton. So I know the track very well, but, you know, funnily enough, it's, well, not funnily enough, it's one of those circuits where I haven't had that much luck at um, over the last, particularly in the in the development series over the last few years. But uh, I know it well, and um, you know I'm looking forward to the weekend. It's uh, a track that obviously uh, Dick Johnson Racing uh, went well out last year with James Courtney winning both races on the soft tyre, and, and again we're we're racing on the soft tyre there there at Winton. So I think our car should be strong. Traditionally, they've always been quite quite quick on the soft tyres, so uh, I'm sure the fans will be in for a action-packed weekend. Winton always produces pretty tight, close racing. Well, James, we look forward to catching up with you as your rookie year continues at Winton. Thanks, Craig. Cheers. Controversy Corner is next when we return with more on the V8 Insiders. You've taken the V8 to the races. You've watched the action on TV. Now, read about them in V8X Magazine. V8X Magazine, dedicated to just one thing, V8 Supercars. Showcasing some of today's best writers and award-winning photographers, V8X brings you all the news and in-depth interviews demanded by today's V8 Supercar fans in one action-packed magazine. V8X, the number one magazine in V8 Supercar coverage. Out now. To ask a question of the V8 Insiders, just email them at v8insiders at sportradio.com.au. Hi, I'm Craig Lance from Team Vodafone, and you're listening to V8 Insiders. Welcome back to the V8 Insiders. Joining us this week from Auto Action, it's John Bannon. Good evening, John. Good evening, Craig. And from Inside Motorsport, it's Peter Norton. 
Uh, good evening, Craig. G'day, John. Hi, Peter. Interesting time after what we have seen at the Barbagello Raceway in Wanneroo, Western Australia. And uh, I have to say, uh, it's great to see Carl Reindler, John, able to uh, walk away with uh, some serious burns, but really uh, coming out of it reasonably unscathed. Well, that's right. Although it's not good that he's walked away with some serious burns, but uh, it's very lucky and, and fortunate that uh, neither he nor Steve-O nor anyone else uh, who was on that or near that grid uh, on the weekend was injured uh, too badly because uh, it really it looked bad and it could have been a lot worse than it was. So uh, I think it shows how uh, safe the, the cars are, how well prepared the drivers are from a safety point of view in terms of uh, their fire equipment and... Uh, the, in terms of what they wear, and it's just so wonderful that uh, everyone is okay. It is, Peter, amazing that uh, he did come away with relatively, you know, unscathed, but it's also one thing that a Speedway guy would be a little bit more aware of, and I think everyone on the V8 grid now is aware of, ethanol and alcohol fuels burn clear. So even though he was away from the car, he was still on fire. And I, I think that it was something that uh, came to shocking realisation for the entire V8 supercar fraternity. Uh, like I said, in Speedway, where they've been using alcohol fuels for years, we know that, you know, you're not out, just because it's not yellow, you're not out of the woods. Yes, I, I think you're, uh, you're quite right on that, that uh, you know, people understand these things, but it really does take an incident to really ram it home. Uh, and uh, you know, the good news is that we, we had quite a nasty incident here, that uh, no, no lasting serious uh, uh, injuries for, for anyone involved. So we can now uh, invest our time into making sure that people learn from it. Uh, we update training and procedures uh, to make sure we're more prepared uh, even more uh, than, than before to, to make uh, what is a, a very dangerous thing as safe as it can be. Because fundamentally it still remains dangerous. And I guess one of the things we've seen is Steve Owen involved in another serious incident, uh, John, and after his uh, bad luck at... Eclipsal, it's not getting any better for him this season. Well, I think Steve Owen is a bit like Mark Webber sometimes, I think. I think he's probably one of the unluckiest guys in the V8 supercar grid. There is absolutely nothing he could have done to avoid that accident on the weekend. I don't think it would be fair at all to portion, you know, even a hint of blame uh, at Owen for what occurred. He was completely uh, unsighted. It's a bit like what Peter touched on then. At the end of the day, motorsport is dangerous. And at times, things happen uh, that uh, are terrible, and, and, but sometimes it's just completely unavoidable. And I think that's what happened uh, on the weekend. Owen's year, well, he recovered a little bit in Hamilton. He had a great uh, Sunday there. It was a bit fortuitous in that uh, with the rain interrupted qualifying session in third, but he showed good race pace to finish fifth. So it hasn't been all bad this year. And, and the Hamilton uh, round proved that, that Steve still does has the speed to, to drive the cars well, and if he's in the right spot, he'll capitalise. Peter, what's your thoughts on Steve Owen this year? Um, it, it is a tough one. If you look at his career, um, 
in certain contexts, he's, he's cream of the crop. Uh, and what I refer to there is in the Fujitsu series, of course, you know, he, he mastered everything there when he was an endurance driver with Triple Eight. Um, you know, flawless performances there, you know, in leading races and all of that. So, uh, and then, of course, when he's not in the context where he has the equipment around him to be able to dominate, he finds a bit of bad luck. Um, it's something that he'll have to uh, you know, manage over time is to be able to extract the great performances with the equipment that, you know, the, the Paul Morris uh, Commodore, of course, is still very good equipment, but it's just not quite at that same level as some of the, the dominating machines that he's uh, been in at other times. Mm. So was the story of the weekend, Peter, Jason Bright's win or Triple Eight's domination of Barbagello? Oh, no, the story of the weekend was the crash. Oh, sorry, outside of the crash. Um, no, there is no other story. <laughs> the, the crash is such a big story. Would you agree? Uh, I'd say that Jason Bright's win, in, in the context of what uh, Brad Jones Racing is going through at the moment with, with Jason Richards and you know getting Barks to come on board at the last minute, I, I think it's a wonderful story. It's a, it's a feel-good story. Too often, I guess, people criticise um, the, the media... For that, that we're constantly writing uh, stories that beat things up and, and rubbish people and this is actually a genuine uh, feel good story and, and I think it, it would mean so much to that team because not only was Jason Bright quick but Jason Barguana was quick which means both those cars uh, are in a very good position going forward and we've really seen that all year right from the very first round where Bright was uh, hustling Courtney uh, in that magnificent duel in, in Abu Dhabi so uh, it's a t- it's a, they're a team that is on the rise, and I think that that is marvellous for the sport. Gas and Go time now. Gas and Go brought to you by VX Magazine. Gas and Go is brought to you by V8X Magazine. Log on to the official V8X Magazine Facebook page for your chance to win some great prizes. You know the rules. It's five questions in. Three minutes. Danny Green, his drive almost lasted, Peter Norton, as long as one of his fights. He was out inside the first round. Uh, what's the question there? Uh, absolutely, yes, he was. I don't think anyone was taking it particularly seriously. Uh, his fighting is much more serious. Yeah, it was good to see him have a go in the, in the car. And If you look at the onboard footage of that, uh, Morris was laughing and, and carrying on when he went off. So uh, I think it was just all a bit of giggles and laughs, really. Well, John Lowndes, is he going to drive at Le Mans this year? I don't think he will this year, but I think he will in the next couple of years. Peter? I have to agree. It's probably a little too late to get it all in place this year, but we're looking forward to it in the future. Peter, what about reality TV, V8 supercar style? you think you'll be a fan? Um, If every week was the same as the the week in Perth, absolutely. That would be great TV. Um, Not every week is as exciting as that. John? I haven't heard much about this, Craig, but what I would say is any extra exposure for the sport is good because we're in a very competitive country with uh, competitive football codes, and if uh, that helps expose the sport, I'm all for it. Bargs, John, has he got his mojo back, and will it stay for the home round at Winton? That depends on whether he's ever lost his mojo. I think it's just a matter of being in a a good car, and he's got that at the moment. Uh, And... I think if the car's good, he'll continue the form. Peter? 
Uh, Brad Jones Racing is still a little bit variable in their results. Uh, I think that Bright is getting the best out of that car, um, as we saw in the third race at, uh, at Perth. Uh, Bargs didn't quite uh, keep the consistency up there, so uh, I wouldn't be too optimistic for Bargs that winter. My question was, where is Jack Daniels racing at the moment after a fantastic Hamilton? But I should throw in there Stone Brothers as well, Peter. Uh, that's right. That was an amazing, uh, amazing result in Perth. Their lack of results. Uh, I don't know where they've gone. John? I think it's what Peter touched on there. There's, there's teams like Brad Jones Racing and and perhaps the, the Jack Daniels boys that... Um, they have inconsistency. They can be very quick on their weekend, but then can go missing the following weekend. So those teams need to need to work at doing that week in, week out, like Triple Eight. Well, that's Gas and Go for another week here on the V8 Insiders. Gas and Go is brought to you by the V8X Magazine. Log on to the official V8X Magazine Facebook page for your chance to win some great prizes. Peter Norton and John Bannon will join me with more right after the break. Find out more about your favourite supercar teams and drivers when we go inside further on the V8 Insiders. You've taken the V8 to the races. You watch the action on TV. Now read about them in V8X Magazine. V8X Magazine, dedicated to just one thing, V8 Supercars. Showcasing some of today's best writers and award-winning photographers, V8X brings you all the news and in-depth interviews demanded by today's V8 Supercar fans in one action-packed magazine. V8X, the number one magazine in V8 Supercar coverage. Out now. Hi, I'm Shane Van Gisbergen. You're listening to V8 Insiders. Welcome back to the V8 Insiders. Peter Norton from Inside Motorsport, John Bannon joining me, Craig Revell. And guys, I guess uh, as we head back to Wanneroo, or Barbagello as it's now known, the Fujitsu series was on track and perhaps their off-track exploits was every bit as exciting as the racing because Thompson seemed to dominate the racing. Peter? Yes, that's right. Andrew Thompson really is... Uh it looks like he's doing it easy. Uh, he's uh, had commanding victories uh, over there in Perth. Um, at uh, Clipsal, when other cars uh, could uh, you know, catch him and fight with him, he didn't quite uh, dominate quite as easily. Uh, so really what the series needs is some people to take the fight up to him. Otherwise, uh, he's going to run away with it. John? Well, he's in the best equipment. He's got V8 supercar experience behind his belt. So I think it would be a surprise if he didn't win the championship. I'm sure the, the likes of Nick Perkat and, and David Russell would have something to say about that. But really, a bit like Owen last year, he, you'd have to argue he's really the favourite from the word go. Mm. Now, Western Australia, back on the calendar, I think everyone would agree from a media standpoint and for a race stand, fan standpoint, it, they didn't get too much wrong. They had everything a race fan on the TV or at the racetrack could want, John. Well, I think it was just a matter of the fans had really missed it uh, that year when it wasn't there last year, and they came out in force, and and obviously the organisers made sure there was, there was plenty of things for them to do to to encourage fans to not only enjoy the, the racing, but uh, everything else that goes with it. So um, good job to WA, and, and I'm sure that the V8 Supercar Paddock will look forward to returning there in the future. Peter, does this mean that perhaps... For the likes of Tasmania, Western Australia, maybe some of the other races that don't draw as big a crowds as the uh, events, the street events do, that they might have to do like the World Rally Championships doing and go to a two-year, one-year-on, one-year-off cycle. Uh, 
Hey, that, that's an idea that I uh, hadn't thought about previously. And while it may have a bit of merit in terms of making it a, a, a special event and uh, keeping the novelty value up there, and we just look at uh, Homebush the first year, how strong the crowd was because it was the first time ever. Um, the investment in the infrastructure sort of means that uh, I don't think you can really get away with having a year off without any uh, return on your investment there. Um, I think it really does need uh, an annual thing. People can plan for it and it becomes a permanent part of the fixture. And uh, as they did over in Perth, uh, make sure that you've got a full-packed program of events uh, every support category was jolly strong, uh, and it was a great weekend. Mm. And, of course, uh, Peter, the WA government has committed to the uh, works on the Barbagillo circuit, and I know uh, Garth Tander was coming out early saying, well, don't play with the layout, just fix the pit lane and the other uh, add-on parts, which are, at the moment, a little bit below par. Well, yes, it was my first year visiting uh, Wanneroo, and uh, now I can see what people are saying, that the... Uh, you know, the, the pit facilities, corporate facilities and all of that, um, they're not up to scratch compared to most other venues that the series goes to now. Um, so it is time to make that investment. Uh, the track is a cracker, um, so uh, Tender is spot on. We don't, don't need to play with that. What's your thoughts on that, John? On the track? Well, yeah, on the, on the thoughts about do you leave the track alone and just do everything around it? Yes, I would agree with that. I think it is a nice little track. It's nice to have a bit of difference in the championship. Having something smaller, tighter, uh, you know, encourages a lot of passing. Yeah, I wouldn't touch the track. And uh, yes, Peter's right. You, you need to update the, the facilities. The teams demand that. Um, the sponsors demand that. Corporate people, media. Uh, it, it's what's required in. in the professional environment that V8 Supercars is. So, yes, update the things around it and leave the track alone. Mm. I think an important part of that, though, is the new soft tyres because that assisted with lots of passing, uh, alternative strategies, that kind of thing. Uh, that track could get a bit boring if people uh, you know, had the traditional tyres and there wasn't something there to spice it up. Mm. Well, it, mm. That's it, right, yeah. It is an interesting times ahead for the V8 Supercar Championship Series. Of course, the AFL deal we're going to talk a lot about next week on the show, so I won't preempt any conversations now because we are out of time. But John and Peter, pleasure to catch up with you and look forward to seeing you both at Winton. Thanks, Craig. Thanks very much. Yep, thanks, Craig. It's always fun. The White Flag Lap is up next, and we look at drivers taking the law into their own hands. You better stay with us. You've taken the V8 to the races. You watch the action on TV. Now, read about them in V8X Magazine. V8X Magazine, dedicated to just one thing, V8 Supercars. Showcasing some of today's best writers and award-winning photographers, V8X brings you all the news and in-depth interviews demanded by today's V8 Supercar fans in one action-packed magazine. V8X, the number one magazine in V8 Supercar coverage. Out now. Hi, I'm Rick Kelly. You're listening to V8 Insiders. This week on the White Flag Lap, we look at last weekend's Fujitsu Series race run in Perth for the first time. Paul Morris was rejoining the series with noted pugilist Danny Green sponsoring the car. Green even had a chance to drive it on Friday. It was like smoke started coming out of the helmet and he just put the hammer down and I thought, who's either going to make it around the corner or we're going to end up in Brisbane?
Yeah, he put, put me in a fight or a fast car, I wanted to go for it. So I went for it, had a go. Unfortunately, I'm not experienced enough and uh, I dropped the clutch out uh, from fourth going down to third. Probably should have just ridden around in fourth. And uh, she locked up, the back wheels locked up. She started spinning and once she was spinning, well, I don't know how fast I was going, but I was going backwards fast and then uh, hit the sand and waited for the boom, but didn't quite hit the wall, so it was good. Lucky, thank goodness, there's only just sand. And- well, with the light-hearted stuff out the way, Morris was surely going to get stuck into the racing. Always do, mate. That's what we're here for. <laughs> we were in a bit of a tangle with uh, Nick Perkat. I guess it all started yesterday. What happened out there? He uh, just wasted me yesterday and then he wanted to keep messing around with it today, so... You know, he's the one going for a championship, I'm not, so he just needs to be a bit careful. Well, with a bit of bash and crash on the racetrack, what do the stewards do when a driver appears to be taking the law into his own hands? Chief Steward Stephen Chopping explains. We're in the happy position that we've got Thomas Mazera, who's the driving standards observer, and Thomas then can determine whether something is not within, not outside the rules or outside the rules and is then able to uh, provide us with an opinion that, uh, well, supporting our own opinion in the main, that something is deliberate. And uh, when you get something that happens once, twice, a third time, then uh, no, accidents don't always seem to happen that way. And uh, so things are quite obvious in most circumstances, but when it comes down to whose opinion prevails... Whatever our own opinion is, then uh, we rely on Thomas Mazera for his judgment as the driving standards observer. That's a big advantage that we've got in much the same way that um, Formula One have introduced the driver steward. So why was Morris so adamant on getting Percat back? It's up to the individual, but I've always had a pretty good memory. It's still a subject of investigation. In the course of the race, there was the um, uh, black flag. Pit lane drive-through penalty was imposed. He disobeyed that on a number of laps and as a consequence in the course of the race he was excluded. We made the decision and it was announced that he was excluded from the race and then it appears that uh, there may have been some further action. Now uh, I can say without prejudging anything that that sort of thing is viewed most seriously. Most spectators saw that uh, it appeared that you were uh, uh, very careful to make sure that you came back out onto the track in the, uh, the right places to take him on. Uh, any thoughts on, on those sorts of allegations? Uh, that'd be pretty good observation, yeah. 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 <laughs> Garth Tander is a mentor to Nick Perkat. What were his thoughts? No, you have to ask Nick what he's thinking, but I think you need to be a rocket scientist to work out what he's thinking. Will the stewards be looking at tougher penalties for deliberate offences or even look at getting some compensation for the damage done to the innocent party? I don't think that we've quite got that power and what happens with any fines that are imposed are that they then go not into general revenue for CAMs or for VO supercars, they actually go into a trust account and the requirements are that fine money is used for the development of the sport. We can exclude someone from a race, we can exclude someone from the whole race meeting We can make a recommendation to um, CAMS that a CAMS uh, tribunal can suspend or disqualify his licence for a period of time. We've got limited powers as stewards in terms of a future suspension or future disqualification, but we are able to make a recommendation and it's done through the CAMS system by a tribunal. And that's uh, one step that can be taken when things become that serious. Um, As stewards... 
the uh, International Sporting Code allows us to impose fines up to 250,000 euro, I think it is now. At one stage it was um, that sort of US dollars, but I think now it's uh, euro, so we can impose uh, astronomical fines, but... uh, my view is that sporting penalties should, sporting offences should be punished by sporting penalties and that you can't, for instance, buy your way out by paying a big fine if you've committed a breach of the rules. Perkett looked like he was going to take on Morris in pit lane following the second race on Sunday. But with Denny Green in Morris's corner, do you think Morris thought that was a good move? Oh, I'd be more scared of me than Danny. <laughs> That's it on the White Flag Lap this week. Until next time round, thanks very much to John Bannon and Peter Norton as the checker flag waves over this edition of the V8 Insiders. Until next time round, keep smiling and bye for now. Join us next week for more V8 Insiders, only on v8x.com.au.